Praise God. Luke 16. Luke 16, beginning at verse 19. Praise God. There was a certain rich man, which was clothed in purple and fine linen, and fared sumptuously every day. Had it good. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at the gate full of sores, and desiring to be fed with crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, somebody say hell. hell. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his, Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame but Abraham said son remember that remember thou in thy lifetime receivest thou good things and likewise Lazarus evil things but now he is comforted and thou art tormented and beside all this besides all this between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed. Very familiar verses of scripture here. So that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Verse 27. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers that he... They testify unto them, lest they also come in this place of torment. Somebody say torment. Abraham saith unto him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. They'll get right. And he said unto him, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither, neither will they be persuaded through one, though one rose from the dead. Lord, we thank you so very much for the opportunity to be together with brothers and sisters that we love and that we care for. Most of all, Lord, we're so thankful that we get to be in your presence and Lord, I ask that your word today would quicken us, that would cause us to realize who you are and what you can do and what you, Lord, have provided for us. And Lord, I'm asking right now that there would be a unity, a love that grips this congregation in the name of Jesus Christ. I want your will to be, I want you to speak through these lips of clay. Lord, to honor you and to lift up your name most of all, but Lord, also for us to hear what you desire to say to the church. In Jesus' name, 
In Jesus' name, and the church says amen. 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 You may be seated. Praise God. I hesitate to give my title uh, this evening because it is one of what I feel great weight, if you will. I normally uh, drink water, but uh, I don't know, maybe it's just because of the week. I'm a little... A little dry mouth this evening, and I'm assuming it's because of the topic that I'm going to talk about here for the next little bit. I'm going to try my best to be uh, not monotone and boring, but I am going to try to be methodical, as I've said those words before, those infamous words that I don't always keep to, but I'm going to try here this evening. But tonight I'm going to preach from this thought, hell. Hell. It may not go the exact way that you're thinking, but preached a message much like this before. It's been a little over a year ago, and I uh, pulled something, a little portion of that message uh, from that. I remembered in doing that, and so I, something I wanted to just prove a point, and so I brought some of that into this one here tonight. But I want to preach about hell for just a moment. There are three worlds. Somebody say three. There are three worlds that are intensely interested in our spiritual welfare. They are looking and they are caring for our soul. Three worlds. Those worlds are earth. Earth cares. Secondly, and maybe not any particular order really, but heaven cares. And contrary to your belief or maybe others' belief, there is one that no, I'm not excited about it, and I hope that anyone in this room is not excited about it either, but hell cares about yours and mine spiritual welfare. Heaven cares, earth cares, and hell cares. I want to speak tonight to the first, to the first thing that I gave a title about, and that is hell. If it were possible for hell to lift its voice, stand on a platform or a podium or a soapbox somewhere and begin to declare something to you and I, if it were possible, what would hell speak to us? What would hell try to Give each and every one of us. In these scriptures, we are brought face to face with one of the most stubborn doctrines of the entire Bible. The doctrine of hell. Somebody say hell. hell. I don't believe that hell should ever be talked about or spoke about without there being a lump in the throat. Or tears that begin to feel the eyes. I don't believe it should be heard about without there being some type of brokenness in the individual or the person. Tears this afternoon just for a short time as I was getting ready to leave to go and get ready for this evening. Tears began to run down my face because I started thinking about hell and what hell does and what hell is fascinated with hell is fascinated with breaking and destroying 
and killing each and every one of us that are under the sound of my voice this evening. Praise God. It's true. Is there a hell? Is there a hell? What our answer to this question is has a powerful influence on our lives and our conduct. There is a hell. There's always been a hell. Hell is real. If you're wondering, if you want a just straightforward answer, hell is real. There is a hell. Does anybody believe that in this place tonight? Hell is real. If you can go to current events, and I don't much preach current events because I just want to stay to the Bible because current events are going to happen because the Bible says they're going to happen. But hell showed itself in the news yesterday. I believe we have a crowd that it's okay to speak of, but babies that have been beheaded Horrible things have happened. Hell is real. The world's greatest preachers, the world's, in, in our opinion, if you will, or the best theologians that had the privilege to listen to a Jewish, I would call him a theologian, he knows a whole lot, a lot more than I do, uh, on Monday evening teaching me and many others. But if... Hell is not real, then every, the greatest preachers and the greatest theologians, they've misunderstood the Bible if hell is not real. But I'm here to declare to you tonight that hell is most definitely real. There is a hell because justice demands it. Justice demandment. People claim that hell is unjust. And I don't believe that anybody that claims that. I heard some outlandish thing today that someone is now uh, believing a different way. And quite frankly, they're believing hell's way. And it blows my mind. But people who claim that hell is unjust would not want hardened criminals in prisons, released on wholesale in society. They wouldn't want that. Amen? We wouldn't want that. We have seen that people that do those hardened criminal things, if you will, or actions, they belong in prison. They belong in those places. I get it. I understand. There are those that are unjustly prosecuted or whatever it is, and they find themselves there. But there are those individuals, some people, who belong in prison. And likewise, likewise, there are some people that belong in hell because of their actions. Because of the things, Sister Daffron, that they have done. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want anybody to go to hell. Amen? Jesus himself. He didn't, hell was not created for anybody but the devil and his angels, his imps, all of those things. 
wasn't created for you and I. But we can understand that some people belong there because of the decisions that they've made and the things that they've done. Amen. There is a hell because sin makes it necessary. Sin pits the lion against the lamb, gentleness against brutality, kindness against cruelty. So many things, truth against falsehood, love against hate, holiness against faithfulness, light against darkness, heaven against hell. Sin must be punished. Does anybody believe that? If you are a student of the word, then you would be able to say amen. And I believe that sin must be punished. That is an axiom of God's word. For the wages of sin is death. There is a hell or else the Lord's death on the cross is the largest price ever paid for folly. If the punishment for sin was not so severe, then the price for redemption would not be so high. The Bible teaches that there is a hell. I know I can look at the congregation here tonight and I can see many of you, you've called Truth Church your home for a long time. And sometimes we've called Truth Church our home or a church for a long time. And man, that's a good message. Or man, that sounds really good. And we forget that hell is real and we get lackadaisical in our belief and we really don't give hell much Mind, But if I could submit to you this evening again, the Bible teaches that there is a hell. You can argue from a human standpoint against hell, but the word of God is explicit. His word says the rich man lifted up his eyes in hell. He looked up from hell. Hell's real, ladies and gentlemen. Somebody say hell. Hell Hell is real. These, said Jesus, shall go away into eternal punishment. I want you to think about that for a moment. Jesus said that these shall go away to eternal punishment. Jesus is letting us know through this scripture that hell is real. They shall go into outer darkness, into an unquenchable fire. I can remember as a kid, Bishop Gilbert preaching about where the flame dieth not. Hell's real. I know this isn't a chipper ice cream eating message here tonight, but I'm telling you right now that hell is real and the wicked shall turn their bodies there, their lives there, their attention there on judgment day. Hell is is real. The wicked shall be turned into hell with all nations, the Bible says. All nations that forgot God. 
You can see it in your Bible. If you don't acknowledge God, if you come to church and don't acknowledge God, the Bible lets us know that's it. You heard, you heard me say it. Listen to it again. The wicked shall be turned into hell with all nations that forgot God. Hell's real. And we better remember our God. If it happened in the Bible, it can happen here today. Fear not him, the Bible says, that is able to kill the body, but is not able to kill the soul. But rather fear him that is able to kill both soul and body in hell. In his first message, Jesus said, if the right eye, I want you to listen to this for a moment. If the right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. So I want to just talk for a moment on that. Listen real close. If the right eye is unholy, what does the Bible say about being holy? Be ye holy for I, he's holy. So if the right eye is not being holy, if the mind is not being holy, if the life is not representing holiness, this scripture in layman's terms is saying, pluck it out, cut it off, get rid of it. Listen up. Amen. If thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for it is profitable for thee that one of the members should perish and not that, 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 that the whole body be cast into hell. So that means I don't want to do anything that would cause me to go to hell. And that means if this hand offends, if this mouth offends, cut out the tongue, cast it off. Amen? If there's anything that could cause you to go to hell, get rid of it. Because hell's real. So let's just look at this for a moment. If it's that serious that he tells us to literally, if this eye could cause you or me to go to hell, then I need to go get a spoon or maybe something a little better and get it out of there. If it's that serious, do you think it's going to be easy just to walk right into heaven? It's not. He's telling us to do mutilation to our body, if you will, so we can still go to heaven in layman's terms. Does anybody believe what that's saying? It's saying if it offends you, pluck it out so the whole body doesn't go to hell. Hell is real. There's judgment there's going to be people that go to hell. And there's going to be people that go to heaven. And it's not going to be because, oh, I love Jesus. 
There's a, there's a lot of people that have said, I love my husband. I love my, I love them so, oh, I love them so much. But yet they have found themselves in infidelity. Talk is cheap, ladies and gentlemen. And you can rest assured that our Heavenly Father knows that. Let me just put it plain and simple. We've got to put some skin in the game. We have to put some skin in the game. We have to say, so, okay, I'm, I'm giving, I'm committing everything to you. I understand that hell is real, and so I can't do anything that would cause me to find hell as my eternal destination. Somebody say hell. Jesus said hell was a place of consciousness. The Bible says he looked up from hell and he realized some things. Wow. Of torment, of darkness, of eternal separation from loved ones who are believers. Somebody say hell. Without the slightest hope of release, of torment, of memory. That one right there, you find it in Luke chapter 1, 27 through 28, referring to memory. We're going to remember every time, Brother Austin, that God gave us the opportunity. We're going to remember every time that a message was preached and we snarled our nose or we got upset about what was said. That's a pinpoint to me. No, it's not a pinpoint to you. It's a pinpoint to your flesh. It is impossible even with the church of our size for me to know every little thing that goes on. I can't. And so... It could be said that, oh, pastor was preaching straight to me. He knows about what I'm doing. No, I don't know, but the Spirit knows and gave me the opportunity to preach the word of the Lord. And what you're feeling at that present moment is conviction. And your body is saying, your life is saying, I want to commune with God. And I don't want to follow sin because God created us to commune with him. So hell would not be our eternal home. First, I believe in Endless retribution because it is the utterance of our King, our Savior, Jesus Christ. He who was born in a manger suffered agony in the garden, endured the scoffing, hallelujah, in the judgment hail, and bore the sin of the world on the cross announced this appalling truth. He who preached eternal life for the righteous proclaimed eternal death also and punishment for the wicked. Your God and my God, there's opportunity for eternal life, but there's also eternal damnation. He whose life was blameless and whose heart beat with loving compassion for lost men and who endured great suffering 
great suffering. Do we understand that he endured great suffering? He endured great suffering for you and me so hell wouldn't be our home. He said, these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. He endured all of this horrible thing that was not to be given to him. Thank him it was. Because we have the opportunity, sir and ma'am, to choose heaven over hell. Would you look at your neighbor and say, hell's real. If what he said about destiny is not true, then what he said about the virgins is not true. What he said about the servant is not true. What he said concerning the judgment is not accurate. What he said as he declared about heaven cannot be dependent upon. And what he said about repentance and the new birth cannot be relied upon. To discard this doctrine of endless retribution is to raise the question regarding all other doctrines of Christianity and to destroy the only hope of humanity. If we say hell isn't real, then we need to throw everything else out the window as well. But I'm here to tell you, we need to have a revival. What is a revival? Reviving. Come to life. With the understanding that there is a hell and if I don't get right, if I don't live right, if I'm not holy, if I'm not acceptable unto the Lord, then hell could be my eternal destination. Truth Church of Denison and anybody that's watching, I don't want to go to hell. I want to do everything possible personally, as I talked about on Sunday, that I don't go to hell, that I make sure that my wife and children don't go to hell, and then... I don't want you to go to hell either. So I'm going to do whatever I possibly can as a shepherd of this wonderful flock to make sure that we understand that hell is real and it's vying for our soul. It's wanting us every single day. So we need to be alive and revived in our spirit that it is wanting you and me. It will stop at nothing. Nothing. To get a hold of you and I. I don't think that we should run scared, but I do think that we should run aware. Run this race aware. Hell is real. Hell is looking for me. Hell's one of me, but I got to stay prayed up. I got to live right. I got to be holy. I got to keep my nose in the book. I got to grab my brother and sister's hand and say, let's fight the good fight of faith together. Let's make sure we're at church. Let's make sure we're truly believing in what God is doing in this last and closing hour because hell is real. If there is no hell, there is no hell. Is not Calvary with all its suffering and sacrifice and finished atoning work 
a blunder and all the voices thereof a babbling inaccuracy. Nothing's accurate. Nothing's right. It's gross. It's idiotic. No, it's true. Is anybody thankful for Calvary in this place tonight? By every contemptuous mouthful of spit that befouled his face. By every hair on his beard which was plucked out by cruel fingers. Torn from his cheeks. By every bruise on his face. By every mark of the scourging upon his back. By every thorn that pierced his brow. His brow by every nail and every every nail that went into his hands and his feet and the spear in his side by every one of those things by every hurt and pain he endured by all the shadows that covered the earth when the black midnight came at noon I say that if Calvary is not the way of escape for eternal hell, then Calvary is a mistake. It's not credible that the Son of God should have become a man and died on the cross merely to save men from the short temporal consequences of sin the infinity of the sacrifice implies an infinity of punishment as that from which the sacrifice was intended to deliver those who would accept the sacrifice if a man accepts the atonement of Christ how, how, how can he doubt the dogma of hell? This is what I pulled from the message that I preached a little over a year ago. Hell is real. Hell is real, Truth Church of Denison. Hell is real, ma'am, sir. Young man, young lady. A lake of fire. A bottomless pit, pit. Descriptions from the word of God. A horrible place. A horrible place. Everlasting burning. A furnace of fire. Listen to this. A devouring fire, Isaiah 33 says. A prison. A place of torment. A place of everlasting punishment. Does anybody want to go to hell? A place where people pray. Pray with no answer for sure. No answer coming. A place where they scream for mercy. A place where they wail. A place where they curse God. Revelation 16 tells us. A place where they can never, ever repent. A place of weeping. A place of sorrow. 
a place of outer darkness, a place where they have no rest. Can you imagine? A place of blackness or darkness forever, a place where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched, Mark 16 tells, or Mark 9 tells us. A place of fiery torment. A place where the lost drink the wine of the wrath of God. Mm. Doesn't that sound wonderful? Somebody say hell is real. A place where no lost sinner will want his or her loved ones to come. As we read in Luke 16. A place prepared for the devil and his angels, Matthew 25. A place where there are dogs and scorners and whoremongers. A place where there are murderers, liars, fearful and abominable. A storm of burning coals of fire, Psalms 11 tells us. Would you do me a favor? Look at somebody you care about that you're sitting beside. Maybe the person that you told them that you loved them at the beginning of our service. And I want you to tell them, hell is real. Truth Church, hell is so real. Hell is a place that is vine for our soul. It's vine for the attendance of our church. It's vine for our children that are up in true kids right now. Hell is wanting every single one of those young people that are up in true students right now. Mom, dad, let me tell you something. I know you're excited about what your children are doing. I know you're excited about the success of them, but listen to me. Hell is real, and hell is wanting to try its best to get into I submit to you on this Wednesday night that hell is looking for an inroad in this church. Hell is wanting to find just a little tiny hole in the wall or hole in the armor to make sure that you realize real quick like that hell is real. Hell will devour your family. Hell will devour your soul. Hell will devour everything that you hold dear. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Ephesians 6. I told you this isn't an ice cream eating message tonight. I understand that. I'm almost finished. Ephesians 6, verse 12. Somebody say, Hail. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Hell. And everything that has to do with hell. 
Hell is wrestling you and me. Hell is trying to come against specifically Truth Church of Denison. Hell is trying its best to destroy families and friends and loved ones. Hell is real. We can no longer be lackadaisical about prayer and about worship and about church attendance. We must come to church. We must pray whenever we have an opportunity. We must be worshipers that lift up the name of Jesus because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, against principalities and powers and against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's what we wrestle against. Look at your neighbor right now. Again, one more time. The one you told that you love them. Say, I'm not wrestling you. I'm not fighting you. We're not trying to beat each other up here. No, that's not what it is. But what we are wrestling against is principalities and powers that will put bitterness in you and hatred in the other and anger in the other and malice in the other. And then there will be things that begin to happen. You know why? Because hell is real. You know why? that maybe you're upset about this or upset about that, don't think for a moment. I'm telling you, I have learned just throughout this year that no, it's not personal. It's not the individual. It's not somebody coming against me. It's not somebody coming against that person. It's a spiritual thing. It's high places. It's wickedness. It's principalities. It's powers. Because hell is real and it's fine for you. No, it didn't just pop up. No, it didn't just happen. No, it wasn't that they just don't like you. No, it's not what it is. It's that hell, somebody say hell. Hell Hell is real. And it's wanting you and it's wanting me. It'll get in our relationships. It'll get in our marriages. It'll get in our hearts. It'll get in our children. No, you're not wrestling against flesh and blood. You're wrestling against hell. A thoroughbred trainer, he said this. He explained that when a group of thoroughbred horses are facing attack, these thoroughbred horses, they will face each other. And when they face each other in a circle or maybe they're up against a building, they will face that building or face each other and they will begin to kick to defeat whatever it is, whatever it is that's trying to attack them. This is what that looks like to me. I'm not calling us a bunch of thoroughbreds, all right? People get offended at that, but... When we are under attack, we don't crawl over in the corner. Amen? The same thoroughbred trainer, after he explained what thoroughbreds do when they come under attack and they face each other, they get in a group in a corner and they begin to fight the enemy, he also said that donkeys, what they'll do 
is they'll face the attacker and they'll kick each other. That sometimes happens in the church. He said, they said, the, this person said, that person did this, this. No, no, no. What we have to do. Remember I talked to you a couple weeks ago. We're going to start talking about low drama, not no drama. When there's an issue here, don't move over to the other side of the church. Go get face to face and begin to kick the adversary and don't kick each other. Let's follow the word of God and say, man, I'm mad at that person. I, I ticked off of that. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to that person and say, listen, I love you too much. And I love the idea and the thought process of God saving me and changing me and my opportunity to go to heaven more. So I'm going to make sure I get this right. And I'm not going to kick you. But I'm going to kick the adversary in the face and say, listen, I love my brother. I love my sister. I'm thankful for the church. I'm thankful for the kingdom of God. My soul. I love my soul too much. Amen. We wrestle not against principalities, powers. Or against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and powers and darkness. Every wicked thing. How often the church tries to destroy each other. Truth Church, I'm begging you. We are on the brink of revival. We are on the brink. I know it's been said and preached, and I don't try, I'm not trying to sound redundant, but I'm going to tell you something. The reason that there's things falling. The reason that there's hurts and pains, the reason that there's tension here and tension there is because there is a hell. And the hell knows what this church is capable of. The hell knows, Brother Austin, what your family is capable of. Brother Jonathan, hell knows what you're capable of and what God's going to do with you and Sister Mia. God knows, God knows for sure what's going to happen, but hell also knows. I'm having problems with my job. I'm having problems with my family. I'm having problems. Hell's real. That's why that's happening. I understand that life happens sometimes. We can't blame hell just because we didn't change our tires and because we didn't make sure we didn't have a flat before we left the house. I know life happens. But there's many times it's because hell's real. And hell's coming against you. And I can promise you when you do have a flat tire, and you do know it's just because of life. The adversary will use that opportunity to creep up on your little shoulder just like in the cartoon and begin to say, look what happened to you. You return your tithe. You're faithful to church. You, you go to every small group. You do this, that, and the other. But look what happened to you still. Hell's real. And hell is vying for our souls. Oh, somebody say amen. Truth Church, and I'm closing, we need one another. We need the strength and fellowship of the church. Amen? Why do we have family leaders? Why do we have small groups? Why do we have church picnics? Because we need the strength and fellowship of the church.
We need it. I don't care where you live. I don't care if you live all the way out by where I live in Whitesboro. I don't care if you live in Tom Bean. I don't care where it is that you live. But we need the strength and the fellowship of the church. So we need to do whatever possible to make sure that we're a part of the church. The church is not a hermit cell. The church is a body. One of the strongest instincts in a man placed there by God is that of survival. Just stand to your feet. Just listen to me for a moment. I'm almost done. God has given survival boundaries, however. Man can live about 40 days without food, about three days without water. About eight minutes, and I'm sure some Navy SEALs could do better. About eight minutes without air. We will do almost anything to stay inside these boundaries. And when we see the boundaries, boundary line too close, our God-given instinct takes over, and we will do whatever it takes to survive. I'm asking Truth Church, if you feel like you're at a spiritual boundary, if you feel like that you're overwhelmed by something, if you feel like that you're on the fringe, if you feel like nobody likes me, everybody hates me, and I'm going to eat some worms, if you feel like I don't, man, I, I can't even feel anything when I come to church. I'm, I'm not even... I don't even feel like worshiping. I don't even feel like coming to the altar. Pastor Darren, it sounds like wah, 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 wah. Charlie Brown. Then would you do what, we, what was naturally put inside of us by Jesus Christ? Do whatever it takes to survive. Could I encourage you to find another thoroughbred, if you will, another brother, sister in the Lord, and get face to face with them and say, hey, I need you to help me. I need you to do whatever it takes. I need you to bear my burden. I need you to pray for me. I need us to be brothers and sisters in the Lord. I don't want anything to come against us. I want us to work together, fight together, believe together, because I want us to go to heaven together. Hell's real, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to tell you something. Hell's so real, and it'll do whatever it can to offend you or make you think you're offended, to destroy you, tear you down, make you back in a corner. It'll do it. That's what hell's going to do because hell's real. Don't just shove it off, whatever. No, hell's real. Hell is attacking right now. If you don't know it, hell is attacking people in our church. Hell is attacking families. Our youth group, I told, Brother Jordan told me the attendance of the, of the youth retreat this year, and I was, I was bum-fuzzed. I was like, man, that's way smaller than it was last year. And with brokenness in his heart, he said, I know, Pastor. You know why? Because hell is real. That's why. Because hell is real, and hell is vine for our souls. And I would to God that you would hear me tonight. There's people in this church 
that they fought hell last month and the month before. And let me tell you something. What they did is they came to a pastor. They came to a brother and a sister in the church, and they said, I need some help. I don't know what's going on. I'm here. I'm broken. I'm, I'm laying it all out before you. And I prayed, and I sought the face of God. My wife prayed and sought the face of God. And you know what we were doing the whole time? We were kicking the adversary. And today, they're living strong. Today, they're baptized in a fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost. They're in this church tonight. They're serving tonight. Why? Because they realize hell's real. Hell's coming against my children. Hell's coming against my marriage. Hell's coming against me. And I know hell is real. So I'm going to do whatever it takes to survive. we got to do whatever it takes to survive. Standing in the doorway of the gym. I believe it was on it was on Tuesday. And Brother Jordan began to talk to me about some friends of his that he grew up with. Some friends that have fallen away. It breaks his heart. And as he began to talk, we've shared about this particular friend of his before. And it all started with a little root of bitterness. Bitterness towards a father that was a minister. And today, because, and I don't fault him, I don't, there's things that happen, no doubt, and I've heard all the stories from this particular thing, but wouldn't it have been easy just to say, hey, you've really done me wrong, Dad. Dad, I feel broken because I feel like I can't measure up. And I, that makes me so mad at you, and I don't like you right now, but I don't want to go to hell. It's hard for us to do that. But if the eye offends you, pluck it out. Do whatever it takes so we can get it right. So we're kicking the adversary. And not kicking the person that offended you, the person that broke you down. As we stood there, he had to stop talking because the lump in his throat. He said, yeah, my friend, he's a famous singer now. and He's playing at the state fair. It just breaks my heart. He doesn't even... Acknowledge God doesn't even care about God. Hell's real. And hell will take your number and forget about you. <laughs> I got you. Hell will make sure that you stay bitter. Hell will make sure, make sure that you stay bitter and angry. And that you continue to walk away. I'm telling you, hell's real. And we better recognize it. We better get it in our little finite minds that Jesus did not create hell for us. And we need to do whatever it takes to make sure hell is not our eternal home. Come on, would you lift your hands all across this building? Come on, sir. Come on, ma'am. Just for a moment. 
Would you lift your voices to him and ask God to help you? Come on, who are you bitter at? Who are you angry with? Who do you feel like has done you wrong? Who do you feel like has destroyed you mentally? Who is it that hurts you physically and emotionally? Oh, I'm telling you right now, hell is real and hell will get in there and cause that bitterness to take root. And you'll hold on to it all the way to the grave. But I would to God that you would. And I would to God that you would ask God to forgive you. I would to God that you would go before the Lord and say, Lord, I don't feel like I've done anything wrong. But I want to kick the adversary. I don't want to feel like I'm kicking the person or kicking the individual or fighting against the individual. Lord, I want to be pure. I want to be holy. Lord, for you're holy. I want to be righteous. Lord, I want to live righteous and pure before you. In the name of Jesus, Lord, cover us in your precious blood tonight that flows from Calvary. Lord, I pray that this is a continual work. I pray that this message is a continual work, oh Lord, that we will work on it tonight when we're at home. We'll work on it tomorrow, Lord. We'll work on it all the way till Sunday. Lord, we want to get excited about heaven. We want to get excited about you. We want to get excited about what you're doing in our lives, in our church. Lord, we're going to see, we're going to see people get baptized in Jesus' name. We're going to see, Lord, people be changed by the renewing of their mind. Let it happen here tonight. Let there be a new mind in each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. It's not the individual. It's not the flesh and the blood that did us wrong only, oh, Lord. But it's principalities and powers. It's evil things, oh, Lord. It's evil that got into that person, oh, Lord. And that is what tried to destroy us. In the name of Jesus, cover us in your blood. Cover our families in your blood, our relationships in your blood, our marriages in your blood. In the name of Jesus, hell is real and it wants to destroy us. Hell is real.